I believe a cabal of secret societies has controlled the world for 200 plus years, and we get to be alive at a time to see it fall. I believe in the power of one person working as a team with other Christian patriots can have massive impact in reversing this ungodly culture. I believe that we have an omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent God that has put his hand on this moment in time to deny the timeline of the enemy and is about to heal our land. This is Rick, your host, and I believe that God has called me to empower Christian patriots with truth. Join us now for the Blessed Teach Show, and let's see what God is doing today. Here we are on Wednesday, April 26, 2023. We're going to be talking about quite a few things, including Tucker being silenced completely. It looks like through 2025, um, it looks like a move against uh, Trump. Um, so there's many reasons why this may have happened. But what we do know is that he's being paid by Fox just to shut up. It reminds me of Jesse Ventura and others that they did that were talking truth back uh, many years ago. And they just paid them. And basically, if they they go live anywhere else or start talking about anything anywhere else. They lose all this money. So he could be paying millions of dollars to just not do anything. And that's the cabal move trying to control the narrative since he was not controllable. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about that. We also have a ton of other news that we're going to be getting through, including a Julie Green prophetic word from this morning. And we'll be commentating on that. And Aaron Antis is coming on live uh, he was on before. It was a beautiful meeting. He's going to be going over a painting of his father. I think it's Harry Antis. And we'll be looking at uh, multiple of his paintings and really go into the detail of one that's around the Passover, the Last Supper. That's going to be exciting to get his take on uh, just what's going on in the world as well because he is a on-fire patriot that works with uh, works significantly with, um, with Clay Clark. Um, and, and is that all the reawakened tours? He's one of the on fire patriots who just loves the Lord and knows the Bible extremely well. So I'm excited about having Aaron Antis on. Uh, Gus is doing a great job just bringing on all these people that just have awesome big hearts for the country, as, but most importantly uh, for the Lord God Almighty. That's the type of guests we love on there. So I see we're, we are live on uh, Clout Hub and Facebook and as well as on Rumble Rants. I can see your comments on Rumble Rants as well as on Facebook. Those of you in Rumble Rants, there's a lot of people that watch. Feel free to go to live chat and uh, interact a little bit on, on this. It makes it fun when everybody's interacting a little bit, especially when we get into praise and prayer on Thursdays and Mondays as well as word and worship that we do on Friday at 5 o'clock. On, at the normal start time, uh, CST, and 10 a.m. CST on Sunday. Um, all right, let's get rolling on this. We're bringing Aaron in about a half hour at the bottom of the hour. 
Um, I want to make sure everyone knew that we have a Open the Heavens, Let God Arise on June 2nd and 3rd. Some great speakers. Mary Crowley is doing right near Mount Rushmore. It's actually going to be in Rapid City, South Dakota. You can fly right into here. It's on 444 Mount Rushmore Road. Tell you what, there's a uh, Mary did a interview with both Marcus Rogers out of the Chicago, I think it's Firehouse uh, Ministries, this beautiful man of God who's fighting the good fight there in Chicago, and Andrew Whalen who's had some amazing dreams. Uh, but uh, the, the feature, featured guests are Juan O'Savin and S. Gianon. I'll be speaking there as well. So we'd love to ha- meet you live there in, again, June 2nd and 3rd. We're going to be going to Mount Rushmore and visit on the 4th. Um, but again, you can get your tickets. Um, it's, it's free to go in on Friday night, but you get better seating if you have a weekend pass. Get your VIP pass for all day Saturday. Um, we'll bring you this beautiful theater. It's a monument fine arts theater. So to get close up and actually have time with all the speakers, I'd love to spend some time with you as well. Again, Manuel Johnson's going to be there, Stella Emanuel, um, Tanya Joy Gibson's going to be there. Just It's going to be really a, a fun, uh, awesome time. Would love to have you there in with us. And uh, if you can get to Rapid City, South Dakota on June 2nd and 3rd. There's discounts available on some of, just go to marycrowley.com. So there's links going to be down below as well. marycrowley.com, M-E-R-I-C-R-O-U-L-E-Y.com. That's where you'll find uh, everything about the Open the Heavens event. Uh, It's going to be quite exciting. Let's get dig into Tucker. Science will win, says Pfizer. So this whole article is uh, talking about what I've been speculating quite a bit is that the Tucker Carlson departure from Fox and the power of big pharma. We've been talking about what I call the medical cartel. Some people call it the, the medical industrial complex, right? And we are seeing based on COVID and based upon what they've done to control the, the World Health Organization, WHO, as well as CDC and many other governmental organizations, not to mention the cycle from all the way to insurance companies, to the patent offices, to the universities, to the governmental organizations, all the lobbying efforts into the media where they just control everything in the media. So what did Tucker Carlson do that may have pissed off the overloads, the, the overload, the, the overlords, I should say. Here's what I think, he, I think this article was right on. This is why I picked this article. A ton, everybody's writing about this, right? But this is the one I thought was the most well done. Why would Fox News fire its most popular host? On average, one million additional people tune into Tucker Carlson every night to watch the Fox programs before and after a show. He drew four times as many viewers as the 8 p.m. show on CNN, Anderson Cooper 360. He was a leading draw on Fox's streaming service. That's another big, huge revenue generator for them. And there is no rising star at the network expected to take his seat. It wasn't a lack of success that pushed out Carlson. So we are left to speculate why Fox fired their lead anchor. It could have been a battle of egos between Carlson and the Murdochs. Carlson may have threatened to run programming that they disfavored regarding the tapes from January 6th, the recent settlement with Dominion, or the coverage of Donald Trump. I think this is all of the above, by the way, but, but this continues. and says, any of these explanations would indicate that the ego triumphed over financial sense in the boardroom. Carlson is a revenue driver, and the company's stock tanked after the announcement on Monday. But what if there was rational economic explanation for the firing? So that's where you start to think about this. I think this is the, again, 
BlackRock owns part of part of uh, 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 Vanguard, so it's BlackRock. And just like we talk about with uh, TomahawkSwitch.com, all those companies are owned by these same criminals that are the elites that we, you know, we always talk about, right? Last Wednesday, Carlson opened his show with an attack on the pharmaceutical industry's manipulation of the news media. That's big. That's a no-no for, you'll never hear Hannity say bad things about Big Pharma, right? You never hear Laura Ingram say anything bad about Big Pharma. And it's one of the biggest, uh, biggest things that indicates where their heart really is. What if the people who own Fox have far more interest in nurturing criticism of their other economic holdings than they do in the success of Fox television department. Some of you may wonder just how filthy and dishonest our news media are. That's what Carlson said. Ask yourself, is any news organization you know of so corrupt that it's willing to hunt you on behalf of its biggest advertisers? What's interesting is he often does this attacking the leftist media, but he did not say that here, right? So he was including his employer in this. Carlson then attacked the news media for taking hundreds of millions of dollars from big pharma companies and promoting their sketchy products on air. And as they did that, they maligned anyone who was skeptics of their products. Talking about COVID and, 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 and anything that would keep it from selling their um, jabs. Um, Vanguard is the largest institutional owner of Fox Corporation holdings of 6.9% stake in the company. BlackRock owns an additional 4.7%. Uh, Beyond Pillow, my my pillow, Fox News largest advertisers include GlaxoSmithKline, GSX, Novaterras, and BlackRock, right? And Black, Black Vanguard and BlackRock are the two largest owners of Pfizer. Combined, they own over 15% of the company. So they own 15% of Pfizer, they own 4.7%. Uh, I'm sorry, together, 6.9% of Van uh, of, of the uh, Fox Corporation. Um, Vanguard and BlackRock are the two largest owners of J&J. Vanguard and BlackRock are the second and third largest owners of Moderna. This is what they do. They, this is the game they play. They go, it's, it's actually BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street. They don't mention State Street here, but those three combined um, own almost every large corporation in America. Vanguard and Blackheart Holdings and Fox amount for less than 750 million. So so just think about this. Seven so their their holdings in Fox News is 750 million. Their investments in J and J, Eli, Lilly, Pfizer, and Merck amount to over 255 billion. So it's it's not even close. It's look at that. 225 billion versus 750 million. Not even a billion. Not even one two hundred and twenty fifths. So when you make these big pharma executives mad, you are, are, are really calling out. I believe this is the real reason. When Carlson attacked the pharmaceutical industry, he was attacking the same funds that owned his network. But these investments in big pharma were 300 times larger than their equity in Fox. Carlson may have stepped on a landmine speaking the unspeakable against intertwined economic interests of the world's most powerful companies. Not to mention the world's most elite um, satanic Luciferians, right? A pharmaceutical com companies took over public policy during COVID. They dedicated significantly more money to advertising and marketing and research and development. The 2020 Pfizer spent $12 billion on sales and marketing and $9 billion in R&D. That year, Johnson Johnson devoted $22 billion in sales and marketing of $12 billion in R&D. So hopefully this gives you an idea of what really probably happened here. 
was he was talking against the actual medical cartel. That medical cartel is powerful. They want to shut him up and they do not want Trump in there because Trump is the one who actually got the $35 insulin, not, not Biden. Biden lied about that. Pentagon officials say we're a better country now that Tucker Carlson's off the air. Now they don't say who this is. We're a better country without him bagging on our military every night in front of thousands and thousands of people. Well, no, he's just, he's obviously justifiably criticizing the woke part of the military, right? And so I guess Tucker Carlson actually replied to this. This is, Steve Bannon suggests Murdoch's took Tucker Carlson off air to keep Trump from winning the 2024 election. This is another part of this. So what, just like Jackie Jesse Ventura back there, if you do any research on that, you'll see he got paid to just shut up and say nothing. And so as long as he wasn't on other shows and he just shut up, he got paid. So Tucker's got a contract through 2024, so he can't even really speak until 2025, or he's going to lose all the money, this massive amount of money he was being paid, right? And this is what Steve Bannon suggested. I think this is correct too. I think this is a big pharma taking him out as well as to take uh, another voice out that would be, uh, uh, you know, basically exposing the cabal, which would help Trump, right? So this goes on quite a bit, but it says Bannon conjured the theory with Charlie Kirk during the appearance on the Charlie Kirk show Tuesday as they discussed the cable news shakeup. Tucker is under contract. I think his high, he is the highest paid by far person, not just at Fox, but in all of mainstream cable news. He was negotiating his agents and lawyers were negotiating an extension of his contract through 2029 when that happened. Bannon said he was negotiating an extension of his massive contract. I think it's pretty clear, particularly the way they did it and showed no respect to him. They blew him out. Bannon said that the last thing companies like Fox want is for former employees to go to work for a competitor. So the way these contracts are written is they can take you off air. They can essentially, we parted ways, but as long as they meet the terms of the contract and pay now, as long as they pay Tucker, and I think this contract, from what I'm told, runs a couple of years. They've taken him off. What the Murdochs have done is taken the populist voice, the anti-Ukraine voice, the, an the anti-uniparty voice, the platform in mainstream media and prime time, the only voice out there of populist nationalism, right? So I hope you get, this is different types of views, but the whole big pharma angle and just taking him out because he is, uh, and, and I think, Biden, I mean, um, Steve Bannon missed the whole big pharma angle, but uh, those two things combined, you know, basically silences Tucker because he's going to be going through. He just hired a new lawyer. Actually, it's the same one um, that got uh, Megan Kelly a big payout when she flipped networks, and also the same one, believe it or not, um, that Don Lamont actually uh, um, hired. So, He's going to be going through litigation. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to see him in, in, in the media, the alternative media like everybody's hoping in the short term. But hopefully he knows this. Is, we need to be praying for Tucker. I asked that. Pray for his heart that he will fight. He knows it's good versus evil battle. He's been talking about that lately. He's growing in his faith. He knows we have to pray for the country. He actually said that in his last speech at the Heritage Foundation. So we can pray for Tucker Carlson that he will use his powerful voice and forget the money and maybe even start his own network or whatever, and 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 um, don't let the cabal buy you off. Basically, is what we're asking Tucker to do, and that's what we can pray for him to make sure that happens as soon as possible. So that's it. Some pretty wild stuff. 
Tucker Carlson breaks silence after ouster from silent of Fox offers a three word response to Biden officials celebrating his removal. So this is just three words. It's kind of a silly, silly. He basically was told about all these military guys from the Pentagon um, saying that the country's better off and everything. And all he did is say is, ha, I'm sure. Right. So I'll save you some time on this article. <laughs> ha, I'm sure. You know, you can see him laughing when he when he says that right as well. But uh, seriously, this is uh, this is a elite move to try to con- still control the media, and it's just going to backfire on them so badly, I believe, because it's going to expose Fox News like never before. Hopefully, more people will cut the cord. And um, I just I go onto my Roku box or my or my Apple TV, and I download the I've downloaded the Rumble app, and I can watch um, go to my subscriptions, and I am. I've got more than enough to watch all the live shows there and even beautiful recorded shows. So there is no reason on, on the big screen, right? So if you're not watching the Blessed Teach show on a big screen, it's very easy to do. You basically just get a little $20 Roku device. You download the Rumble app on that. You go to the Rumble app and you go you log in there. It's real easy to do. You can actually do that from a computer so you don't even have to type in your credentials. And then once you're in there, Every night, you just go to the subscription area, and every one of your beautiful Rumble subscribers are all there, and you can watch it on the big screen. And why do you need cable? I mean, there's really uh, only, the only reason is to, is to live sports, right? So you kind of have to rip yourself off of that, rip the Band-Aid off, and understand that. And there's other options for that, right? You got football TV and all these other things where you can go get way cheaper to live sports anyway, right? And there's other options coming down the pipe. So cut the cord. Um, you don't, don't, let's not give any more money to these cable companies and uh, no reason to be turning on Fox News. First Republic Bank to weigh up to $100 billion in asset sales. Guys, this is going to be the third bank failure, I believe. Um, they literally just had to uh, stock trade, halt the stock trading. And so if, when you're doing that, that, that is big problems for this company. And um, First Republic is expensive. Lauren divesting $50 billion to $100 billion in assets as the beleaguered lender attempts to rescue itself from the turmoil that engulfed the industry last month. And so people are pulling out their funds, right? So like 40% of their deposits got re- got removed. Their shares plummeted like 49% just in one day. But what's really scary about this, look at this, is, is the bank was worth more than $22 billion at the start of March. What is it worth now? 1.5 billion. <laughs> so that is a more than a 10x decrease, right? In its in its value, to go from 22 billion to 1.5 billion in uh, in value. So it lost 50% of its market value in one day, right? But went from 3 billion to 1.5 billion. But the more important thing in March, just in March. That wasn't very long ago. It was with 22 billion. If you don't think there's a banking crisis, think again, guys. This is going to crater the the funds at the FDIC when a couple more of these banks fail. And and they're probably going to, there's a very good chance, just like Brazil was doing and other, other institutions where they, they were going to, they're going to restrict the amount of cash you can pull out each day. So it's, a, it's another reason to hedge your bets. To get, if you have tons of cash in the bank, you need to think about a strategy to diversify. Right. If you have tons of stock in a, in a 401k or, or, or any of your IRAs, you need to take a different strategy. 
and I, and I know I've been preaching this to guys, and, and this is from the heart. This is not the time to have a lot of cash and a lot of stock, or even, and you need real assets. And ideally, you'll have a real asset that is liquid. Like if you go buy real estate right now, and the interest rates are high, and people are, and you're trying to sell that, it can take months and months and months. It's not liquid. You can't go get it to spend in an emergency, right? That's why silver and gold is such a great, precious metals is a great place to be right now. Not to mention the upside in the, in the reset in what Julie Green's gonna talk, talk called, talked about this morning that I'm gonna read here in a second about the biblical reset. Um, so anyway, that is why, guys, it, it is no joke. And the reason I trust Kirk is because he goes to these Patriot conferences. He loves the Lord. So if you want somebody that understands what's really going on in the real world and also loves the Lord, and is going to give you good advice and a free free consultation, it's Kirk Elliott. So you're going to want to go to kirkelliottphd.com slash B2T. The link's down below in the video. And um, that will bring you to, to where you can fill out a form here. It's actually faster just to call him. That link is that his that phone number is down below in the video too. It's 720-605-3900. He, he's staffed up so he can get to you quickly. Uh, many of these people don't get back to you for two weeks. And you do not want to be one day late on this. And it can take several weeks to move 401ks around. So call Kirk to get your free consultation so you get specific advice on what you are doing and what you could do better. 720-605-3900. Call Kirk Elliott and protect your financial future. Let's get into this, this um, Julie Green prophetic word. It's called a biblical economic reset is coming. It says, I am speaking to my children today. And speaking these words, these thunderous words, I've spoken of this economy and I've spoken of shifts and changes. I've spoken of shakings. I've spoken of great darkness. I've spoken of great turnarounds. I've spoken of earthquakes. I've spoken of things happening in biblical portions. Yes, weather of biblical portions. I've spoken these things, including volcanic eruptions. I'm going to come back to this, guys. This is the economy and the great changes. If you are investing and you have a financial advisor that's telling you to stay in stock for any reason, are you serious? You need to understand from somebody who to really that, that really understands the, the prophetic words as well. Um, I think you know that uh, Kirk Elliott is even, uh, Amanda Grace is a, is a sponsor of, of Kirk. Be, why? Because, because Kirk understands the prophetic as well as what's going on in the, in the economy. He comes on every Monday and gives us updates and detail. He's reading all this. He understands it. Plus, he's a believer. It's time to make changes now. And uh, I'm going to stream that from the, from, the, from, from the rooftops right now because uh, this is coming. This is coming. And this is about a biblical economic reset is coming. And so if you don't know what that means, it means that the, the whole reset that they're trying to do is not going to work. So all this central bank crypto stuff that they're trying to do, God is going to flip it on them. There's going to be a the, the, the Haman moments are going to come, right? These are the days of Haman when it comes to the economy. And that is why you need to do something way different than the average financial consultants telling you. Right? I've talked about wars and rumor of wars. I've talked about your enemies, the giants that you are facing. They are the ones that are trying to control, the ones that are trying to steal, the ones that are trying to kill, the ones that are trying to bring in this one world government. I've warned you about it and I've talked to you about this, that there is something that is coming that's on the horizon, a great and mighty something, and that something is me. Woo! My hand is moving. Yes, 
it is moving to wipe out that system. I will wipe it out so abruptly it will shake the world. There's nothing that has ever happened to this degree in the earth before. One day and one night you'll go to bed and the next morning your lights will be completely different because your storehouses will be massively full to overflowing more than you know what to do with it all because of a shift is taking place. A shift of power. I talked to you about a shift of power politically. A shift of power and authority upon this earth. There's that word again, authority. That's why the new course that I'm rolling out really added and expanded the whole scriptures around the authority in Christ and how it's so important to pray for your friends and family as part of the part of the system. And uh, by the way, that uh, we got a free workshop go going on right now. I just uploaded um, video one and video two to that workshop on my Rumble channel. It'll go to other places later. I don't think I have it on Facebook yet. So make sure you go to the Rumble channel and watch the three. There's like a 15 minute video one. There's a 30 minute video two. In fact, I think I have it. I just wanted to make sure I was pointing to that, guys, that that uh, this is a great time to really learn how to become impactors for your family and friends and and for truth so that with, without breaking the bond with them and strengthening the bond with them as you do it. Um, that all, all that all that's going to start next week. And I'll be uh, doing video three on Thursday night, and then a and then I'm going to be doing a a uh, full segment on this in in kind of a webinar format on Sunday night. I usually do not do anything on Sunday night, but this time Sunday night uh, I I do my Sabbath on Saturdays, but the the Sunday will be Sunday night, um, 7 p.m. CST. Join me in the webinar. And again, it's going to be on this channel, so just make sure you're subscribed to this channel. If you're not subscribed, make sure you subscribe so you see that notification. Your enemies took over authority for a time when my church, I said yes, when my church and my body was asleep. But it's not asleep anymore. A shift of authority. Yes, I told you, a shift of power, a shift of governments, a shift of nations, a shift of what's about to happen in the United States of America that will bring shockwaves to the rest of the world. Shockwaves, yes, and your enemies will be in terror. Your enemies will be in shock. Your enemies will not know what to do and where to go, and they will try to hide, but it won't work. They will run. Oh, yes, they will run like cowards when they thought they were gods, and they were bold and arrogant. But now I am moving. I am moving across this land. I'm moving up on this earth and they are running like scaredy cats, you would say, because they know their power is nothing compared to mine. They know everything they've tried has stopped working and it's going in the opposite direction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because that's exactly what's happening, guys. It's going to be exciting. So my children, I want you to know more in Emily, Jehovah Jireh. I will show you my church, my children, my body that I provide for the ones who are looking for it to the one to the ones that will receive it because not everybody will. As I've given you this example before with the promised land, not everybody will receive it. Not everybody was able to go. That's happening again. This is your promised land. I promised you a life of more than enough. I promised you a life where there is no lack. That is my word. But guess what, guys? Many, many, many believers are not going to be participating in this. Why? Because they don't believe what's going on. They don't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and authority that we have. And they believe that prophetic words don't exist anymore. 
and they believe all that the Holy Spirit seized. That's just ridiculous. Do not believe that. If you do, you will part. You will you will not take part of it. That some of you, the children, will snare and snark and get very angry at the world. Money? You can't talk about money. Money is evil. God wants us to be poor. It says that in His Word. No, that was your enemy twisting my words. He twisted it to make to and made doctrines of it so that my children wouldn't receive it anymore. And then evil could take it, take the things and that weren't rightfully theirs to use it for. Mr. Aaron Antis is in the house. All right, Aaron, I'm just going to finish these last couple paragraphs and we'll move right to you. Again, my children, do you know me? Do you know what my written word says? What it says is that you are free. What it says is that I provide. That's Jehovah Jireh. That's what means you're a provider, right? What it says is that I do more than you would expect of me. I do exceedingly, abundantly more than you could ask for. I told you I'm here. Look at this. It's the, the prophetic words given to Julia is just oozing with scripture. I told you I'm here. I told you I didn't leave. I told you I saw it. And I keep asking, I keep, and I keep seeing the taskmasters and what they are doing. But I also said I would deliver you. So shout for this time of great deliverance. Yes, you'll see darkness. Yes, you'll see a great shaking. Yes, you'll see things intensify and get worse in the world. But my body, get ready for the overflow. Get ready, get ready, get ready for my glory. Get ready for revival, fire breaking out everywhere. Get ready for the church services to last a very long time. Some will not receive that and don't want it. Why would you want to be in church service for days, Lord? Because you will be in the Spirit. A time of great refreshing. A time of great healing. Oh yes, I'm pouring out healing, healing, healing and manifestations. You will see things you never thought you would see and the magnitude and the amount that you're going to see is like nothing that has ever happened on the earth like this before. So press in. Press in, my children. Press into me. There's a great and mighty victory, saith the Lord, your Redeemer. That's word from Julie Green. What a huge pleasure to be able to get these uh, this insight about our where our mindset needs to be at this point in time. With that, I, we're going to bring on an awesome guest named Aaron Antis. Aaron, how are you doing today? I am doing great, Rick. How are you? Now, I appreciate you taking time to come and uh, share with us. And f- f- apologize for going a little late there for those those couple minutes. Oh, great. But you can probably probably hear, heard that I was reading Julie Green's prophetic word from this morning. And, oh, no, I was being edified by it, man. That was great. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, we really appreciate you coming back on. Uh, we had a beautiful um, discussion with you uh, a month and a half ago or so. We really got the background on your your uh, awakening and, and what you're doing now. But those who missed that, can you kind of give us um, a, a little bit of an overview about how you came to what you're doing now? Um, I know you're an awesome home builder and a businessman, but you also uh, love the Lord and and are traveling around with clay. So tell us a little bit about how all that happened. Yeah, I, I literally just left clays and came back home to, to jump on with you guys tonight. So um, yeah, I, oh man, it, it's been a whirlwind. Um, you know, I was, uh, I'll go way back and I'll bring us forward quickly here, but uh-huh. uh, you know, I, I was a drug addicted alcoholic from the age of 13 all the way through 24 until March 6, 1997, when uh, I read the verse, 
Hebrews 11.6 that says that he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That he exists, And yeah. when I read that verse, wow. I said, God, if this is true, I already believe that you exist, and I ask you to take these addictions away from me that I have and deliver me from them, and he did. And I promised him I would serve him the rest of my life. And wow. so I've been doing that ever since. And um, and then, uh, you know, I got into the home building world, um, helped grow Shaw Homes to, uh, I think we were about $9 million a year when I started there in 2007. And we've grown to, we did $142 million last year. Um, so just an exponential growth. The Lord has really blessed everything we've set our hand to. Um, really excited to be able to do that with my brother, Joe, who also helps at the Reawaken America tour with us. And, um, you know, I, I started coaching with Clay Clark uh, back in 2016. And when I first met him, the very first meeting I had, I actually tried to share a scripture with him. And, uh, and I was talking to him, uh, you know, a little bit about God. And I was also, I'm a huge patriot. So I started talking to him a little bit about patriotism and some po political stuff. And Clay goes, let me just stop you right there. He said, there's two things we're never going to talk about here. We're never going to talk about God. We're never going to talk about politics. If you do it again, I'll throw you out of my office. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And uh, fast forward to today, and I think there's only two things Clay ever talks about, and that's God <laughs> and politics. His whole channel so, changed, his whole podcast changed, his whole life changed. Oh, yeah. So um, around March 11th, we, we got to be, over the following years, we got to be very, very good friends. I mean, he's my best friend in the whole world, and um, we're kind of inseparable. But, um, you know, it just, uh, when the pandemic hit, I remember March 11th of 2020, they shut down the Oklahoma City Thunder basketball game, which was a nationally televised game. They stopped it midway through the game and sent everybody home from the arena. And that night, Clay got a prophecy um, forwarded to him. That was Kim Clement prophecy um, that was about him. It talks about there's a man by the name of Donald and there's a man by the name of Mr. Clark and that um, he is meant to be a huge influencer in this nation and you're a very influential person is what it said. And so Clay texted me that link that day and he, he said, watch this and then call me. And so I, I'm watching it, it's only like a minute long. I'm not even halfway through it and he texts me and he says, prophecy 101 question mark. And um, you know, because I was the, the, the Bible guy that Clay knew. So like, you know, he knew I knew the Bible and went to Bible college and stuff. So, um, you know, he, he was like, Aaron, I need to understand what is prophecy? What is this? Why is this guy talking about me? <laughs> he had no idea who Kim Clement was or anything. So, and then something there, there was something about a flag or something that happened there that really kind of yeah, confirmed it to yeah. him. What, what, what was it? Somebody was putting a flag so, up or, yeah, we have a friend, Nace Roberts, who um, had called him earlier, and he's like, man, I just feel like I need to call you right now and just tell you I'm raising the, a new flag. I just got a new flag. I'm raising it on my flagpole right now. And Clay goes, man, I love our country. He's like, I just love our country. And in the prophecy, it literally talks about there's going to be a flag that's going to be raised and you're going to say you love the country. And like the whole thing was like you could not 
like you couldn't say this wasn't for him. You yeah. know, I mean, it named him my name and then it referenced what had just happened like an hour before with our friend Nace Roberts. Right. And so I think that's a key was, part of that because a lot of people thought that was Sheriff Clark and I even talked to Don A about this and and that's who I thought it was. But but it but it became clear that literally that's how amazing God is. He could take a prophecy from Kim Clement that was what, what decades ago and oh, and yeah. actually apply it to a current situation that literally happened an hour before Clay even saw it for the first time. Is that just not amazing? Exactly. Mm-hmm. It, it was so amazing. And, and that night I went to his house. Um, he, he, he was like, you're coming over to my house for dinner and you're staying here until I ask you all the questions I have about prophecy. Right. I was like, and, okay. and I'm sorry to interrupt again, but it's just like even when Don A was on here, she feels she has found the actual Clark in that in that prophecy. Yes. yes. And yes. that's why she Don joined the reawakened tour, right? Yeah, Don A has told me that and Jane... Um, you know, her mom, yeah. Kim's uh, wife, has also confirmed that she believes the same. So, right. yeah, really powerful. But um, so then, you know, we went on this journey and the Lord um, brought uh, to me. He said, you know, you need to get out the book, The Believer's Authority by Kenneth Hagin. You need to read it again. There you go. <laughs> and he said, uh, this time you need to read it like your life depends on it because it's going to. And, oh, I love it. Gus has it too. Great job, guys. <laughs> so, um, so I, I, and then he told me to tell as many people as I possibly could that they need to read that and they need to read it like their life depends on it. So, um, the first person I gave it to was Clay, and Clay read the book in one sitting. Um, I didn't. I gave it to him on a Thursday. I saw Vanessa, his wife, two days later or three days later. And um, she goes, what have you done to my husband? <laughs> and I said, I said, what do you mean? And she's like, my husband is obsessed with that book you gave him. He can't stop talking about it. He's just reading it over and over again. And she's like, you have to see his copy of the book. And then Clay walks over and he's got the book in his hand. And he's like, dude, this book. He's like, I'm so obsessed with this book. And he opens it up. And like, literally, you guys like, yeah, there you go, Gus, just like that. Like every like word, every sentence was highlighted notes, stickies, arrows pointing everywhere through the whole book. I mean, he had obsessed on it and uh, like Clay does with things. And so um, it just really lit a fire under him that he's like, I have to do something with the authority God's given me. And um, he's like, so the next thing we did is we, sued the mayor of Tulsa over the unconstitutional mask mandates and um, Clay and I sued, sued the mayor. And then we turned it into kind of a town hall meeting because like 600 people came to our office when we did a press conference about the lawsuit. And so that night we preached to them about the believer's authority. And then we were like, come back next week for updates. And then it was like the group kept growing and we didn't have any room left. So we, we, changed the podcast we were doing which was all business over to um just um talking about what was going on with covid and you know the the models were false the pcr tests were falsely calibrated and there were treatments that were you know taking care of people and so we started talking about that and we said and then one day clay's like hey let's just see how many people want to come to an event where we just tell them about the truth about what's going on so we launched the first event which we called the health and freedom conference and we got fifty thousand ticket requests in less than a week wow and we didn't have a venue 
Mm-hmm. So that was pretty wild. Um, <laughs> and uh, next thing we knew, uh, it just kind of exploded on us. And thank God, Rama Bible College and Rama Bible Church hosted us, which is where I went to Bible College. Yeah, and, um, I, I was there at that first event. That was beautiful. You could, oh, the I Holy remember. Spirit was heavy. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, that's where I met you. Mm-hmm. So, and then uh, it just, you know, it took off from there and the, the rest is kind of history, I guess. So it's it's been a, a blessing. We've been all over the country getting ready May 12th and 13th, going to Trump Doral, um, you know, going to be right there in Miami, Florida. So I think we have like 38 tickets left when I was there earlier. So we're just right down to the end. If anybody still wants tickets, go to timetofreeamerica.com. And uh, May 12th and 13th, that is the event. So um, yeah. it should be amazing. That's awesome. I'll be there. I'd yeah. love to see you guys there. You can use the B2T Absolutely. code to get a discount, but you can also name your own price is the other thing that's cool about that. Uh, again, you yep. can name your own price if uh, you can't afford the tickets. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Gus and I will be there both. Um, uh, no, Amanda Grace, uh, many, many others. So get, get, get your tickets there. Time to freeamerica.com. Hey, I wanted to flip over because this is exciting. Um, you talked a little bit about this last time, but we really didn't get to go over is what your dad has done with art. And I was going to flip over to a different view here for a second. And I was yeah. going to show everybody this, this website that you have that is called um, Aaron so I put it right, yeah, Artists. I put it right on my Shaw Holmes website because everybody through, you know, the events we do and stuff, everybody knows shawholmes.com because that's, you know. Ah, okay, that's a good budget. idea. S-H-A-W, right? Shaw Shaw Holmes? Yep. S-H-A-W-H-O-M-E-S, shawholmes.com, and then forward slash paintings. Put forward slash paintings after the dot com. Okay. So shawholmes.com forward slash paintings, and I'll put it All right, yeah, that's the same place I was at with the Aaron Antis, my Shopify. But yeah, this is awesome. So there it is. Yeah, so... That's it, and uh, I'll give you kind of the background here because there's quite a story to this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my dad was actually a famous wildlife artist. He painted paintings of deer and ducks and yeah. moose and elk, and I mean, you name it. If it had fur or feathers, my dad painted paintings of it. And mm-hmm. he was really well known all over the country. He was the Ducks Unlimited National Artist of the Year, Whitetails Unlimited wow. National Artist of the Year. Um, commissioned by the federal government to do like different stamps and stuff for different states. He was very well known for his wildlife art. And um, then uh, in 1989, I remember because I was with my dad, uh, sorry, 1989, 1987, I was with my dad and we go into the church that I grew up in. And um, all of a sudden my dad starts having an open vision and i was a kid but i remember this he's having this open vision and all of a sudden he starts seeing this hand appearing in front of his face and it's got a nail through it and there's blood coming out of the hand where the nail is and if you go to that crucifixion image there you'll see what my dad saw he literally saw the crucifixion image right in front of his face and he didn't know what was going on. And he's like, what is this? And um, and Rick, actually, can I share my screen? Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. Let me, let me, let me okay, just make sure I give, I give, I need to give authority. Just one second, or give security yeah. there. So you have got, you've got it, you've got it. Go ahead. 
Okay, cool. Um, give me one second here, and I will kind of show you. Now oh, there's the crucifixion. I see it now. <laughs> okay, you gotta uh, stop sharing, and then let me share. But okay. Yeah. Oh, there okay. you go. Um. So um. Yeah. So the crucifixion. He sees this image, and over the next hour or so, it goes from just the hand, and it slowly opens up to the whole thing you see there. Wow. And so my dad was like, "Wow. Okay. Um." I guess I'll paint what I saw because that's what he felt like he was supposed to do. Uh huh. And then um, I'll fast forward to it, you know, a couple of years later, my dad's at a Christmas party and um, he's, they're singing Christmas carols with a bunch of his friends and family friends we'd known forever. And all of a sudden they're, um, they, they were Lutherans, you know, my dad was a Lutheran and I grew up in a Lutheran church. And so, they had hymnals and my my dad opens up the hymnal at his friend's house they had a bunch of hymnals and he, they're singing away in a manger and he, when he turns to that page there's this little caricature drawing of joseph and mary with jesus in the manger in the upper right hand corner of the hymnal and my dad said the moment he looked at that image it was like the floor disappeared underneath him and like he could see into the basement of the home wow and he saw what you see in the nativity painting there so if you go to that nativity painting he saw that entire scene there wow and so he he very quickly realized he was having another vision and he pulled a, out an eight and a half by eleven sheet of you know just white paper and took a pencil and just started sketching out all the elements you see there in that painting now um that painting, just to give you some reference, is 10 foot wide, 5 foot tall, and weighs about 250 pounds. Wow. <laughs> so, um, these paintings are absolutely enormous. The one I'm going to actually show you here in a moment is 12 feet wide, 8 feet tall, and weighs over 300 pounds. Wow. Um, so these paintings are just absolutely humongous. They are um, really... <laughs> something to behold when you stand in front of them and the when the uh when all the paintings were finished um they were the main uh display at the dallas museum of biblical arts wow in, in dallas, texas and took up a gymnasium sized room to house all of them mm -hmm. so my dad has the two visions he sketches out this second one he goes home he starts praying about it and he's like lord what do you want me to do with this I, that's not what I do, you mm -hmm. know? And the Lord said to him, it's time for you to pivot as a subject matter from wildlife to eternal life. <laughs> just like I call, just like I call people in their own walk to turn from a wildlife to eternal life. I'm calling you to paint eternal life. And so, Fascinating. you know, it's interesting because I lived a wild life, drugs and alcohol, and pivoted to an eternal life. Yeah. Life, you know, um, it was really, really neat how he made that pivot. But the Lord said, I've shown you my son's birth and I've shown you his death. Now I want you to paint the reason for both. And so this launched my dad on a journey. He spent the last 12 years of his life painting this series of paintings on the life of Christ and he prayed about each one quite a bit it took him 12 years to paint these 12 paintings wow now normally my dad could crank out a painting in a week 
-hmm. Like there was no problem in the wildlife world. But this was a completely different endeavor. It was on a much larger scale. Mm -hmm. So then um, I'll fast forward. My dad finishes the last painting and he passes away when he goes to heaven. He literally finishes it and that was it. He was gone. He went to heaven. (laughs) So my mom then started to have some... um, some issues with memory and stuff. And um, she really couldn't remember what happened to the paintings. Mm-hmm. And so um, we didn't know, none of us knew where the paintings, we kind of looked a little bit, but like we couldn't find it where they had ended up. So I'm gonna fast forward. I'm at the reawaken event with Clay in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, standing next to him on the stage. I'm, You've seen me up there. I'm usually right behind the computer screens, trying to make sure everything's flowing smooth in the event. In your American and, flag jacket. <laughs> yeah, in my flag jacket, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I look down at the screens and I see our live stream. You can see everywhere that people are watching on the live stream. So I have a map of the world in front of me. Right. And literally there's a dot everywhere all over the entire country all over in South America, all over in Europe, in Africa, in Asia. I mean, people are watching all over the world. There's over 3 million people at the time streaming the event. And Pastor Brian Gibson is up on the stage giving an altar call. And inside the building, like 60% of the people raise their hand to receive Christ. And I'm looking down at this screen with 3 million people all over the world watching wow. the event. What city was that? Which one, I, event was that? That was in San Antonio, okay. Texas. I was there too. That was at beautiful. John, at John Hagee's church. Yeah, gotcha. So, yeah. Um, and I'm like, praise God, this is so amazing. And I'm like, but who's going to disciple these people? Mm-hmm. And I, like we would, Clay and I stand out in front, you know, at the beginning of every event in the mornings, early in the morning. And we talked to a lot of the people coming in and we would have these new believers walking up to us, asking us questions like this. So I know I've heard people say Old Testament and New Testament. <laughs> and what what does that mean? <laughs> Yeah, that's a new you believer. Know, that's a definitely like, a new believer. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's like, yeah, I grew up in a country where, like, we don't talk about, like, I've never been to a church. I don't even have a Bible. Like, what is this stuff, you right. know? And so I was like, Lord, I've got to find a way to teach people more about Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, and teach people about the living word. So anyway, so then I was like, i got to find my dad's painting. So I start making phone calls, and I'm in a flurry of phone calls. And the amazing thing that happens is I finally get a hold of this one guy, like distant family friend. And he's like, he's like, oh, I know exactly where they are. And I was like, you do? And he's like, they're in the basement of the church that your parents went to. Oh, wow. And I was like, they're in the basement? And he's like, yeah. He's like, all of the prints, not the originals, the big ones, but the prints are all in the basement. And I was like, really? So I call the church. I get this lady on the phone. And I'm like, hey, I'm Aaron Antis. My dad painted these paintings. And I heard they're in the basement of the church there. And she goes, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you just called me. And I was like, why? And she goes, three days from today, we have an auction scheduled to auction the prints off. Because we had no idea if there was any family members still around. Like, it's been 20 years they've been in our basement. (laughs) And we needed the space back. In three days from today, we were going to auction it all off. And I was like, she goes, but I would much rather your family have the prints. She's like, 
can you, can you like get them? I mean, like, do you want the prints? And I was like, absolutely. I said, I will take them. Uh-huh. And I hang up the phone because I was like, let me see what I can work out. And I hang up the phone and I was like, where am I going to put all this stuff? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know where to put this stuff. And so I'm with Clay when I'm making this phone call and Clay like kind of overhears the phone call and he goes, you're bringing them here. And I said, I'm bringing them where? And he said, you're putting them in my office. I got plenty of room. And I was like, praise God. That is awesome. <laughs> so they are in Clay's office right now. That's where they are. Uh-huh. And um, so we, we got them shipped like two days later, they were at Clay's office. And so here's the thing that I want to do with these prints, though. I want to teach people a deeper understanding of who Jesus was, mm-hmm. for one. I want them to be an image you can hang on your wall so that you can tell other people about Jesus. When they come over and they go, what's that picture of Jesus? You know, they look at this one you have up there, Jesus and Nicodemus. And they go, what is that image? And you go, oh, well, let me tell you about that. That's the story of John chapter three, mm-hmm. where Nicodemus came to Jesus and said, what do you mean? I can't even enter into heaven unless I'm born again. What does that mean? Yeah. And so, you know, this was a religious ruler and he didn't know how to get to heaven. Do you know how to get to heaven? And if it's hanging on your wall, it's an amazing, you know, we Amen. know about the wailing wall. If you have these hanging on your wall, it becomes the witnessing wall. Mm-hmm. And so that's the purpose of these prints. And what I want to do with these prints is I also, you know, we've we've been so blessed at Shaw Homes. My career, you know, is great. I, It's not about that for me. The money for these prints, if anybody wants any of these prints, I believe in great shows like yours, Rick. Mm -hmm. And what I want to do is I want all of the proceeds, anybody who wants one of these prints that watches this show, I'm going to give all of the proceeds to Blessed to Teach. Wow. Because I believe in what you're doing, Rick. What you're doing is awesome. And so I want to support great ministries like yours, great podcasts like yours, because we all know that everybody who tells the truth gets banned from all the big stuff. (laughs) And it's like, you got to go find your way to have your podcast without getting banned by somebody. And I want to support people like you who are out there telling the truth and teaching the word. Wow, so what a huge privilege. That's what we want to do. With what a pre- yeah. pre- huge privilege. So tell us a little bit about the size of these. It looks like it's $77 <laughs> discounted from 149 yep. It's 14 by yep. 11 There it is, I guess. Yep, 14 by 11 and they're all kind of right in that range. Some are a little bit wider, some are a little bit taller. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like... It can fit really well in your office or, you know, it's not going to take up an entire wall of your home, not like the originals would. So um, definitely very easily hung in a bathroom or something. I mean, it can be, uh, you know, a great print for you to put just about anywhere in your home. And if you wanted the story of the life of Christ hanging all over your home, there's 12 different images that really tell the entire story. So And there's a lot of um, really interesting things that we've experienced, Rick, that after my dad painted these paintings, the Lord started showing him all these things that were in the paintings that my dad never knew he painted into the painting. Wow. It has been absolutely wild. And after my dad went to heaven, um, we, we would put the art on display and we'd go to these different places and people would come up to us and go, 
did you know this about this painting? Did your dad mean to put this in this painting? And I was like, nope, he never mentioned that to me before. I had never <laughs> seen that. I didn't even know it was there. That is pretty so, cool. So many amazing things. And that's a little bit of what I'd like to share with you tonight. Yeah. Because I'd like to focus in on one of them and we can just kind of scratch the surface on it because I can literally teach for like two or three hours on any one of these. But I literally have 23 pages to 30 pages of notes on each one of these um, images. So washing the feet. Um, wow, beautiful. Oh Just yeah, that, beautiful. that is such a, that's one of my favorites. But um, yeah. the one I wanted to touch on since we just got through Passover. Yeah. Um, you know, it just ended on April 13th here. So I wanted to touch on the first communion. If you want to pull that one up there, um, you know, a lot of people call it the Last Supper. My dad was a very, very uh, positive, upbeat guy. So he didn't want to call it the Last Supper. He was like, let's call it the First Communion. Instead. There you go. I like it. <laughs> yeah. So, and, you know, the first thing you might notice as you look at this image, you know, everybody's used to the one that's like the, the one that hangs on every Catholic uh, right. member's home wall, you know. And it's like 13 people on one side of a table. It's like, I just have this like image of Jesus like calling up the local restaurant and going, I need a table for 26, but we're only going to sit on one side of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Like that's the image everybody like knows of the Last Supper, right? So, um, but this is a very, my dad was an incredible Bible scholar. He mm. studied the word so much. Mm -hmm. And so um, he spent a lot of time in Israel too and really studied under messianic rabbis there and stuff and so um this is a very biblically accurate um period accurate painting um and so you'll notice some of the um stuff that's going on here but i'm going to dive into what's really happening here so um to the jew the painting is a celebration of the passover meal that's right. really what's going on here right. and you got to remember these are all jewish men sitting here, right so right. Um, this is a meal that they have every year at this time of year, and it comes, you know, at the end of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So Jesus probably had celebrated this 33 times at this point mm -hmm. in his life. This was an anchor in his life and a, you know, a turning point in every year for him. But this is really, you know, the Passover is really the story of the Exodus, you know, the beginning of the Exodus of you know, Israel's been in slavery for over four, you know, for 400 years in Egypt. And God tells him he's going to bring them out. And if we go to, um, I'm going to read this to you from the word because um, God's much better at telling stories than I am. I can't improve upon the word. So <laughs> Exodus chapter 12, verse 3 through 13 is this story. So Exodus 12, 3 through 13 it says, speak to all the congregation of Israel saying, on the 10th of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons. According to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight, and they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two 
doorposts and on the lentil of the houses where they eat it. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw, nor boiled it all with water, but roasted in fire, its head with its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning, and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff on your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment, I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So that is the story of the Passover. Now, if we jump into the story where Jesus is with the disciples this night and we all know this is like right before he's betrayed by judas we know he's getting ready to go to gethsemane so this is a very pivotal moment in in his ministry i believe this is the moment at which he transitions into the role of the high priest and so this is a very very important moment Mm. but this is in matthew chapter 26 verse 17 I'll start there. It says, Now the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to such a man, and say unto him, The master saith, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. Now when the even was come, he sat down with the twelve, and as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him. But woe unto the man that by whom the Son of Man is betrayed, It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast said. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and brake it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Mm. So that is such an amazing, pivotal moment right here. And I think that people miss how important this is. And I'm going to dig into a couple of things that I think most people never realize about what happened this night and what happened in this covenant moment right here. So um, when you're looking at this image, there is a lighting on the table of oil lamps, okay? And this happens before the meal, which it's done. All of the lamps at the Passover are supposed to be lit by a woman because the light of 
the world came through a woman named Mary. And that's why the women light the, the uh, oil lamps even to this day. Now, another thing is the positions at the table here. Now, we only know four people's position this night at the table. And if you look in the upper right-hand corner of the image there, you'll see um, kind of right next to Jesus, just to the right of Jesus as he's holding the cup in his hand there, you'll see the, the person on his, what would be our right is Judas Iscariot. And the reason is, in the culture at that time, what they would do is the guest of honor would sit in the second position at the table because they would lean on their left arm when they were eating and they would eat with their right hand. Hmm. And so as he's leaning on his left arm, the most trusted person of the person who has the seat of honor would be to the left of that person, which would be the spot where Judas is. Wow. We know Judas is the one who carried the money. Mm -hmm. And the reason, if you think about if you're leaning on your left arm, the reason the person to your left is your most trusted person is because it's the only person from that position who could stab you in the back. Mm -hmm. Isn't it interesting that that's Judas sitting in that position? Wow. And then the other person, we know where Jesus was. He had the position of honor. We know that John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, as he liked to proclaim himself repeatedly, um, you know, we know that he leaned back on Jesus' breast that evening at dinner, right? So we knew that he was in that position. And then the only other one we know is if you go all the way around the table to the very last position at the table, that's the servant's position, and that is Peter sitting there. And remember, Jesus, right before this, went around and washed all of their feet, and he was the position of honor and should not have been washing the feet. It was the servant position that should have been doing that. And Peter was the born leader of the group. And that's why his nose was kind of bent out of shape. He was sitting in that spot. But by the time Jesus came around and washed everybody's feet and got to his, can you imagine how he felt at that yeah. moment? Um, no kidding. But that's a whole nother subject. So, all of those positions are very interesting. I want to tell you though, a little bit about how this Passover meal goes. There's three things that you need. You need a Passover lamb. And in the time right before the Passover, you're going through and you're inspecting your lambs. And in at this very moment, right before this, they would have been doing this in the temple. They would have been inspecting the lambs, looking for those without spot or blemish to get ready for the Passover. Well, what did they do to Jesus these couple days right before Passover? They were inspecting him. They were interrogating him. They were inspecting the lamb because Jesus came to fulfill the law and the prophets. He was perfectly fulfilling it. And so they were kind of grilling him right before this, right? He was a Passover then, lamb, right? <laughs> He was the ultimate Passover mm -hmm. lamb that was being inspected. And then you needed matzah, and uh, matzah bread is unleavened bread, right? And so um, now leaven in Scripture is, a, is symbolic of sin. You know, you have to, so two days before um, um, they do the Passover meal, you have to go through the entire home in a Jewish home and you have to take all of the leaven out of the home. Right. You have to remove all of the sin from the home. 
What did Jesus do two days before all of this? He went into the temple and he drove the money changers out. He got all of the leaven out of his father's house. It's, he came to fulfill the law and the prophets. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing. And then there's this marar, they call it, which is bitter herbs. And remember, he says, the one who dips in the, the marar at the same time as me, that is the person who's going to share in my suffering. And that was Judas. He's the only other one. Jesus dipped in the marar and Judas dipped in it. Those were the only two. And Judas did very soon share in the suffering that Christ, you know, had. So it's very, very symbolic here. Everything is so incredibly fulfilled. Now, there's some really interesting things. We know the story of Isaac, right? You know, Mm -hmm. so Abraham is with Isaac. It's Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 through 13 is the story, if you want to read it. I'm going to paraphrase it for time's sake, so you kind of, I think everybody probably has some concept of this, but Abraham takes Isaac, and he takes him up to Mount Moriah to sacrifice his, his supernaturally born son. I know another supernaturally born son named Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And so Isaac is the promised one. And Abraham puts him on, on um, saddles him up on his donkey and takes him along with some wood, right? And the wood is literally laying on Isaac while he's taking him up to Mount Moriah. By the way, did you know that Mount Moriah is the same spot where the Temple Mount is? I mean, this is the exact same spot where Jesus went up to. It's not a different place. It's the same place. Mm -hmm. And so um, Abraham takes Isaac up there carrying the wood. Jesus carries the cross up to this place. I mean, these things cannot be more perfectly fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he gets up there and just before he's going to take Isaac's life. Oh, and by the way, it was on the third day that Abraham lifted up his eyes. I mean, Jesus came to fulfill the law and the prophets. Here's what's so interesting. You know, he lifts up his eyes and behold behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns, right? So he's got a thicket. It's a thicket of thorns that are wrapped around. What is a ram? It's a full-grown lamb, mm-hmm. right? And, and thorns, which are a symbol in Scripture everywhere of sin, is wrapped around his head. It's the same thing Moses saw when he saw the tree on the backside of the desert. He saw an acacia tree, which is actually a thorn bush, really. Mm-hmm. And he saw these thorns in that sin, and he saw it burning, but never being consumed. What did Jesus do? He had sin put on him, but it never consumed him. Mm -hmm. I mean, he came to fulfill the law and the prophets. It's so exciting. And so Isaac literally has the wood on him. The three days, everything is being fulfilled. Well, here's what's interesting about the Passover meal. So at the Passover meal, you take three of these pieces of matzah bread. Now, um, let me go ahead and unshare your screen. I want to show you what matzah bread looks like. Sure, go ahead. I've got a picture here um, that's really interesting. So um, I'm going to pull this up real quick. Uh, I'm going to get to it. 
this thing is, I mean, you just can't make this stuff up. Here's what a piece of matzo bread looks like. I have Let a bunch go. of that right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me go full screen here so you can see this. This is matzo bread. Now, um, just out of curiosity, has anybody noticed that this bread has stripes and it's pierced through? Mm -hmm. You know anything else that had stripes laid upon it and it was pierced through? <laughs> Our savior. I mean, how can you make this stuff up, right? So here he is, you know, this matzah bread is they take three pieces of matzah bread. That's, that's what they do. And so if you take three pieces of matzah bread, right, and you're going to, um, you know, you're going to uh, take these three pieces and at the meal, you take the middle piece. Now, these are named, okay? They're named Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay, the middle one is Isaac. Okay, you take the middle one and you break it in half and then you wrap it in linen and you go and hide it wrapped in linen. Mm -hmm. The youngest kid you, does. <laughs> yeah, so the youngest kid, exactly. So very interesting. This is called the afikomen is what they call this, which means the one who comes after it's Isaac, but the one who comes after, and they wrap it in linen and go and hide it. Well, who else was wrapped in linen, right? For three days. Jesus, when they took him down from the cross, what did they do with it? Mm -hmm. They wrapped him in linen and went and buried him in the tomb. So interesting how he came to fulfill the law and the prophets. I don't right? know if you saw the comments there that... Uh... Gus is saying the matzo bread is all, is bruised as well. Yeah. And Chris even said it, it has 39 stripes. So I'm not sure if I've counted those, but that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I had not counted them. If they have 39, that's pretty amazing. Mm. I, I'm, I'm not surprised ever anymore mm. by how awesome God is and how he does those things. So I believe it. Um, so then, um, you know, then you have, what's the other thing that you're not supposed to do on the night of the Passover? He said, don't go out into the night, right? Don't go out into the night. So what does Judas do? Mm -hmm. He gets done, he takes the marar, and he goes out into the night. And what happens to those who go out into the night? They're the ones who are going to be lost. They're yeah. the ones who are going to die that night. So um, I, I just, I love looking at all of these amazing things. Now I, I want to focus in on Jesus himself there. And if, can you zoom in uh, pretty close on Jesus there holding the cups, Rick? On this view, I can't, but if you want to you share where you okay, have a better. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, let me grab that. At least on bit. this view, I can't. Yeah, let me share it. Uh, and let me get out of that image and go back to and i'll zoom in real tight so you guys can kind of see this here sounds great uh whoa where did my image of that go hang on a second all your drop files and that that one you probably 
sent to somebody. <laughs> oh, that's weird. It's uh, it's not showing there. That's strange. Uh, I don't know. It disappeared out of that folder. I'll have to go find it later. I don't know what happened to it there. Um, hey, there's actually the uh, this little. Oh wow! That's the image of that night at. That's um, cool. That I took. I, I snapshotted it real quick because it was so amazing. Yeah. Um, there, there it is actually from the screen live when I took that picture. That is cool. Um, isn't that neat? Yes. Uh, I don't know where my picture went. I apologize, but um, no you can go back to the the image that you had there. Um, I don't know where mine went. Yeah, but, yeah. I'll, I'll just blow um, up as much as I can here. Yeah. So, anyways, um, in the image, um, Jesus is there with the four cups setting in front of him, and that's what yeah. you have at the at the meal. And so. Um, you know, he has four, but he's getting ready. He's holding the third cup at this moment. There's great significance in the number four and the four cups. Mm -hmm. So in the Hebrew language, um, this is very interesting, but the number four in Hebrew is the letter called Dalit. And Dalit is actually just a picture of a door. Hmm. So... What did Jesus say he was? The door yeah. into the sheep. Right? And I want to remind you, where did you put the blood on the night of the Passover? Around the door. So he's drinking from these four cups. The number four means door. He is the door. The blood goes around the door. If you look at the blood on either side of the door and at the top, where was Jesus bleeding from, from the sides, from his hands, and from the head where the crown of thorns was? Wow. It's all just a picture of him. He came to mm -hmm. fulfill the law and the prophets. And so um, I find it so fascinating just looking into all this. Let me tell you a little bit more about it. Of course, John 10, 9 is the scripture that says, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he'll be saved and we'll go in and out and find pasture. But then... The four cups really tie back to Exodus chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. This is where this entire thing comes from. So if somebody didn't know that's where it comes from, if you read those two verses, it literally lays the whole thing out. And so I'll read it to you here. It's, it says, Therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. That is the statements that make up the four cups. Mm. So the first cup is called the cup of sanctification. And this is from the statement he, set, he makes where he says, I will bring you out. It's consumed early in the meal. You drink this early in the meal. Sanctification just means set apart or brought out and set apart, which is what he was doing. I will bring you out and I will set you apart. Jewish people love this, you know, first cup because they know they are God's chosen people who were set apart. It's also called the Kiddush cup if you look at it in the Hebrew. Um, and so this is the cup of sanctification or being set apart. The second cup is called the cup of deliverance, and this comes 
from that verse where he says, I will rescue you or I will deliver you. It's also known as the cup of praise. And so um, a lot of people, you know, call it either one. But, you know, after the story of the Exodus, you know, which was the ultimate account of like being liberated from slavery, there was great praise on the lips of the people. No question. And so, you know, the, as it should be, right? And, and as we should be, because we've also been delivered. I mean, that's what this whole thing is about, right? Um, and so they would drink this as they would sing a prayer of praise to God for being the constant source of deliverance. He doesn't just deliver us once, you guys. He delivers us over and over, no matter how many times we get into trouble. I mean, yeah. we should be singing this praise every day. I mean, I know I can sing it today for things he's done for me today. Can I get an amen? Amen. So, um, and, and just to just to reiterate, the easiest link to find these different paintings is Shaw, S-H-A-W, Holmes, dot com slash painting and i put it i put the link in rumble and facebook again shaw s-h-a-w homes uh, dot com slash paintings i'll try to get that back in the links as well because i forgot to put that in there but go ahead okay. go go okay. ahead good all right no problem so then um the third cup so this is the one he's holding in the painting and it says after eating jesus and his friends, um, you know, they, they drink a third time from this cup. It's the cup of redemption. And this comes from the phrase, I will redeem you. This is the cup that we observe today when we take communion. This is the cup of redemption, right? Mm -hmm. And this is the one which Jesus sets up the new covenant with. I mean, this is what he came to do is to fulfill this one, you guys. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, can I get a hallelujah? hallelujah. He came to redeem us. Um, <laughs> I'll so need to backstagers and give us a hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. 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 And then, so this is the one that is drank after the meal, after the afikoman, which was the Isaac one, right? And, you know, in the ancient world, Redemption referred to slaves being purchased, but I think we know what it refers to for us in redemption. But the third cup has particular significance for us. It is the same cup Jesus took. Literally, when we take communion, we are taking the same cup that he took, you guys, the cup of redemption. And so, you know, um, I think that people, you know, we just kind of go through this ritualistic thing and we don't realize how valuable this is. I'm going to tell you about the fourth cup now, because this one's very interesting. The fourth cup is the cup of restoration. And this is comes from the statement in Exodus that I read where it says, I will take you as my people and I will be your God. Mm -hmm. So if you notice when I read in Matthew chapter 26 at the beginning, it said that Jesus did not drink from this cup and he told the disciples he would not drink from it until he drinks it new with us in his father's kingdom. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing, you guys. I believe that when we hear that trumpet blast, like it says in Second Thessalonians, we hear the trump of God and the shout of God, the voice of the archangel, and he calls us by name. And we go up in that rapture and we go to that marriage supper of the lamb. I believe 
that this is the cup that we will first partake of when we get there where he says, I have taken you as my people and I am your God. Hmm. That is what's going to happen at that moment. He is waiting for that moment to drink that cup with us. And I'll tell you what, I for one cannot wait for that moment. It is going to be so right. amazing. Backstagers, one more but, time. Uh, how about, uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, unmute. I can't, I can't wait. wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. Praise I can't Jesus. wait. Amen. And that is going to be a special, special time. When he comes to drink this cup, it's going to be a moment that we're all, it's going to be like, you talk about like, that was the best moment of my life. I, I actually think for me, that's going to be like, that was the best. Okay, forget all those other ones. Like this yeah. was the best one. So um, now there are people who say that there is a fifth cup and five, you know, is an interesting number, but the, the fifth cup people say is the cup of wrath. Now, here's the thing. Only Jesus partook of this cup. And um, you remember in John 19, chapter, uh, verse 28, Jesus was hanging on the cross. And I, I'm going to just, I'm going to back up. I, I'm going to say this one, and then I'm going to back up for a minute and remind you of something else. But Jesus said in, in John 19, 28, he said, I am thirsty. And, you know, I believe he was saying, Father God, give me the fifth cup that I might drink all of it. Because if you remember going back to the Garden of Gethsemane, what did he say in Gethsemane? He said, Lord, if there be any way you can remove this cup from me, remove it. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, if it be your will, I'll do it. And I believe that at that moment in John 19, 28, this was the very moment that he took the cup of wrath, the one that we all deserve mm. to take. Mm -hmm. Because the wages of sin is death. And that's not talking about your physical body, people. Mm. That is talking about an eternal separation from the Father God. And he's the only one who could take that wrath of sin on him for us and drink from that cup and praise god he did it for us i am so thankful Amen. i don't know about you guys but i am so thankful for that so you know there's so many of these things that happen all throughout scripture i could go through one thing after another after another i could go on for hours about this subject but here's the thing when he came to offer us that cup of redemption the most amazing thing, you know, I was talking with Clay about this just yesterday. I was talking about the verse that says, you know, there is a day that's coming that every knee shall bow mm -hmm. and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Those in heaven, those on earth, and those that are under the earth will not be able to not bow their knee and say, Jesus is Lord. That day is coming. Mm -hmm. And I believe that so many of the things that are happening on earth right now, you know, they're trying to do this transhumanism thing. Mm -hmm. They're trying to do all this crazy stuff. And I think that they are trying to hold off that moment at which they know they're going to have to bow their knee to Jesus and they're going to have to confess that he is Lord. Mm -hmm. And some of them are going to be doing it from hell. 
But I'll tell you what, if you're still here on this earth, all you've got to do to end up being one of those ones in heaven or on earth is just confess him as Lord now and drink from that cup of redemption that he's offering to you. It's a free gift. He did it for you. He took the cup of wrath for you. All you got to do is say, yes, Jesus, I believe you are Lord of all things, and I make you Lord of my life now. Amen. And if you just do that right now, you're going to be one of those people who's going to be at that marriage supper of the Lamb, and you're going to get to drink from that fourth cup with him, and you're going to get to hear his faithful words that say, I now take you as my people, and I am your God. And praise God for that. Amen. Amen. That's what I got for you guys tonight. I just thank you so much for letting me come on here tonight, Rick, and just share a little bit about that painting. There's so much more I could go into, but for time's sake, I don't want to keep you all night long. No. I get too excited. I can literally, Gus, you know, I can go on for hours on yeah. this stuff. But That I do. Um, that I do, brother. <laughs> Yeah, I so, guess it mentioned uh, but, uh, maybe having you come on periodically and take a different painting, yeah. right, would be kind of a neat Oh, yeah, thing. I would love yeah. to. I yeah. would love to. Um, I do have to tell you, if you're going to, if you would allow me the honor to come back on and do that again, I would love to, Rick. And um, I would love to teach you guys about my favorite one, mm -hmm. which is Mary on Saturday. This is a painting that was so pivotal in my dad's life. And it is an incredible i'll give you i'll give you a little tiny nugget about mary on saturday if you want to pull that one up real quick um because this painting is just it's so amazing because it's not what you normally think about okay so this is mary the mother of jesus i want you to think about this for a minute there has been no human being who's ever lived on the face of this earth including joseph her husband, who ever knew 100% for sure that Jesus was who he said he was, mm -hmm. that he was virgin born. And she literally watched him work miracle after miracle after miracle through his life from up close. She raised him. I mean, think about how intimate her relationship was with her son. I mean, she knew everything about it. A mom knows her son, mm -hmm. you know? And she watched him. She knew she was a devout Jewish woman. She knew all of the prophecies about the coming Messiah. She knew that he was going to rescue Israel, his people Israel. She knew that he was going to stop this Roman dominion and overcome everything they were going through. And she watched all these prophecies be fulfilled just like I kind of went through how he fulfilled the law and the prophets. She's watching this. She knows the word of God. And here she is. It's called Mary on Saturday. Here she is in between the crucifixion on Friday. And she hasn't yet seen Sunday, <laughs> the resurrection. She is sort of caught in that moment in between I know the promises of God. <laughs> I know the faithfulness of God, but I haven't seen it fulfilled yet. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. She thought he was coming to save the Jewish people who were on earth at that very moment. Right. 
but she didn't realize that God was up to something so much mm, bigger than that. <laughs> he was coming to save all of mankind oh, from their sins. And it's so amazing because isn't that just a snapshot of us where we are? We have the word of God. We have the promises of God. But sometimes we're caught in between the moment where we prayed the word, we spoke the word over our situation, and we're on Saturday. We haven't gotten to Sunday morning yet. That's why I love this painting so much. It is that snapshot of what faith is for mm -hmm. us. So I would love to come back and teach on that maybe sometime in the future. That sounds awesome. So um, obviously, Aaron, we uh, this is the Passover lamb, and uh, just it was such a beautiful look at that. And would you mind uh, just walking anybody who doesn't really hasn't dedicated their life to Christ to come to know who He is? Uh, he died for Absolutely. you on the cross. Um, he uh, is the Passover lamb that we just talked talked about here on the first communion. Would you mind just yep. doing a quick uh, prayer? For those who yeah, don't know him yeah, yet. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, here's the thing about this Passover meal. It is a covenant. That's what it is. If you think about a covenant, it's when the, you know, in the Old Testament, that one person would cut their hand, the other would cut theirs, and they would mingle the blood together. If you take two cups of like grape juice and pour them into one, the two become one. You can no longer separate them. Right. That is the relationship that he came to give us, that the two become one. It's the picture of the marriage covenant. The two become one. It's the picture of what God was doing for us. And so right now, if you're like listening to this and you're going, I need redemption. You don't know what I've done. My answer to you right now is it doesn't matter because what he did is what matters. And Jesus came to die for your sins. And if you're sitting there tonight and you're like, I need redemption from those sins. I need forgiveness of my sins. God says that he will separate your sin from you as far as the east is from the west. And I would just ask you to pray along with me right now and just repeat this after me. Father God, I ask you now to bring Jesus into my heart. I make him Lord of my life. I repent from my sin and I turn to you. I have not been right in my own ways and therefore I take on the righteousness that is his. And I thank you now that you receive me into your family as a part of your covenant friendship. And I thank you for this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you just prayed that along with me just now, you just made a covenant with the creator of heaven and earth, with the one who's above every other name, and that's Jesus. And you just entered into a relationship with him. You know, there's a lot of language about covenant in this world. We say we've cut a deal with somebody. Well, you just cut a deal with God Almighty. And the thing is, is you got a lot better side of this deal. Let me tell you, talk about an offer you can't refuse. 
you just cut a deal with him where he will never let you down. In fact, we read about that Passover meal right there. The interesting thing is that night, Jesus went out into the Garden of Gethsemane. And when he got into the Garden of Gethsemane, the most amazing thing happened. Judas brought an army of soldiers to arrest him, betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. And there he is being arrested by these soldiers. And he walks over to Judas. And if you read this in the King James, I believe it's Matthew 26, 47. He says, friend, he calls him friend. And it's capitalized in the King James, friend. This is the phrase from scripture that says, Jesus, there is a one who is closer than a brother, and he is your friend, capital F, because he is your covenant brother. You just made a covenant with him, and he is going to help you through the rest of this life you have and into the next. Praise God. Amen. Also, if you'd like a Bible, just email us at info at blessedteach.com, info at blessed with the number two teach.com, and we'll get that off to you if you do not have one. Um, hey, Aaron, if uh, so, so again, shawhomes.com slash paintings. That's shawhomes, S H A W, homes.com slash paintings. And then, uh, Aaron, we'd like to just end each episode if you have a little bit of time to just pray for you. And make sure what you, yeah, what you specifically uh, maybe needed from a personal perspective. We would love to just lift that up as a with a couple of prayer warriors. What can we pray for Aaron about? Well, thank you, Rick. I'm honored. I love having people pray for me. Um, you know, my my nickname is Aaron Praying Antis. <laughs> so instead of praying mantis, I've always been called the Praying Antis. So, <laughs> I, I love it. Um, but anyways. Um, yeah, so we've got, you know, the Reawaken America tour coming up on May 12th and 13th. And, um, you know, this is, Clay uh, and I believe that this is the most pivotal moment we've had in all of the events. Um, every single person who is on the inner circle of the Trump family, everybody, you know, in his organization, his whole basically cabinet is going to be there and um, most of his family is going to be there and we just want to be able to minister to them we want this to be a revival Mm -hmm. because while donald trump thinks make america great again our goal is to make america god-fearing again Mm -hmm. and if we can do that america will be great and so we just really want to minister to the trump family the trump organization and everybody who's gonna be watching, we're believing God for the most baptisms we've ever had. We're believing God for the most salvations we've ever had, and that people will just see the light and it is gonna remove the darkness from what's going on in this world right now. So that's what I need prayer for. Awesome, awesome. So so, uh, so, I don't, so if you have a camera on, I'm gonna call on you to pray if you don't mind. So uh, why don't you just, uh, why don't you start us out, Gus, if you don't mind? I'll, I'll end it. And anybody that wants to pray in between, just uh, just, just, just lift him up real quick. To uh, I would absolutely yeah. love to. Abba, Father, we thank you so much. And I'm so 
blessed to call this man my friend. He's such an inspiration to me and I know to, to many, everyone he encounters, Lord. You can feel and sense your presence through him. He's an awesome teacher, Lord. He's devoted his life to you and the salvation and edification of your body. He's the epitome of what we should be in you, Lord. So we thank you for him. We thank you for the time that we've had with him tonight. And as he's requesting here, Lord, we pray for this reawakening tour that's coming up. Lord, that it is more salvations than we've ever seen at any of these tours, more baptisms, Lord, that it's a momentous event that people will know and see it, Lord. We pray for miracles, signs, and wonders to happen at this event, for people to be healed, Lord. Yes, Lord. We pray all yeah. this in Jesus' name, Lord. And I want to pray for Aaron's wife, Deb, his beautiful wife, his bride, and his sons, his family. Bless their home. Bless their lives, Lord. Surround them with your holy angels. Protect them in all their travels, Lord. Bless Shaw Homes. Bless these paintings. And just bless my friend Aaron. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, God. You're welcome. Who else would like to pray? I'm gonna grab my staff by somebody else prays. Go ahead. Father God, I just lift up Aaron. Don't have my camera on today. No problem. It's a bad ear day. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, Father, I just lift up Aaron and his wonderful family. I thank you that I feel that I know him, just listening to him talk on the different venues. I've seen him on Amanda's show. I've seen him on many shows. And one thing that I sense from him is his sweet spirit. And I know his heart is to become more like Jesus. And he is. Day by day, he's becoming more like him. Father, I just ask that your presence would be there in a massive way and that many sons and daughters will come home through this event and there would be safety and there would be glory and that it will be so amazing that they will be talking about it for years in Jesus mighty name amen thank you Charlotte Go ahead, Linda. Dear Father, in Jesus' name, I ask, I ask and I command that this Reawaken America tour be outstanding. Just like their revival into it. It help them all. And help Rumble. They had nothing wrong. They had no trouble with Rumble. I command that a whole bunch of people come to you, Father. A bunch of people be saved, and nothing, nothing will go wrong. And protect Aaron and Clay as well, and their families and their staff. Keep them all safe. They travel, and everyone else who's watching, keep them safe as well. I command this in Jesus' my name. Pray, Amen and Amen. 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 Thank you, Linda. Go ahead, Chris. 
then I'll wrap it up. Hi, Aaron. Hi. I've gotten to see you four times at four different events, so I feel like you're part of my family also. Oh, thank you, Chris. So, Father, I just thank you for Aaron and Deb and their whole family. And Lord, I thank you that the heart that you have given them to serve you. And Father, I see a picture of Aaron walking and you're telling me that you are giving him the territory that every step that he takes that he is taking for you and lord i ask you to bless his steps and give him more steps that he can take give him more territory that he can take for me for you and father um i just ask you that you would put a hedge of protection and a wall of fire around his mind body soul and spirit from the top of his head to the soles of his feet that any weapon that is trying to be formed against him shall not prosper in the name of Jesus. And Lord, um, just as I saw with Timothy Dixon the other day, I, I see the, sh the, the shield, um, kind of like a force field over top of Aaron, Lord, that any weapon that is being formed against him, when it tries to hit him, it'll just fall off. And um, I see flaming darts coming and I see them not being able to hit. And Father, I just, I ask you that you would give him the desires of his heart, Lord, that they would be able to minister and that all of us and our prayers would minister to the Trump family. Lord, I know you're giving other people dreams about President Trump and the family just as you are me. And I ask that all of those would hit where they're supposed to hit that we would be able to um, satisfy what you have called each of us to do and Lord, that we would be able to help them to see. And Lord, we just ask that you would help the Billion Soul Harvest, help us to be part of that and help us to, to just help us to follow them as they're paving the way in the Reawaken America Tour. And we ask for blessings, Lord, we ask for the financial blessings of the Reawaken America Tour. Lord, that the things that they struggle with right now, that they would just go away and that there would be no problem with the finances. We ask that your wealth transfer would happen soon and that these billion souls would know that you are Lord of Lord and King of Kings. And I thank you and praise you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. I can get in with a billion soul harvest prayer. Thank you, Chris. Amen. Right. <laughs> I feel like there's another person that really wanted to pray before I wrap her up. So is there anybody else that would like to? Okay, I will. Okay, go ahead. Lord, I, I pray your blood protection over this man and his family as they continue to do your work and that you bless them as they pursue this Reawaken America tour. And that this tour is a success. And as Kim Clement had said of your prophecy, that all will be one, one voice, all to your glory, Lord. Mm -hmm. Be with him as he goes through this endeavor. Give him the strength when he feels that he's weak. Mm -hmm. Follow him, guide him, and lead him as he awakens every one that's within earshot. And I thank you, Lord, for allowing me to hear and meet this man today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. All right, let me uh, just do one more prayer. Thank you for saying a little bit longer. Pleasure to meet you, Dave. Uh, thank you for living a little bit longer. Um, Heavenly Father, I just want to just come to agreement with all these prayers right now and ask for just huge blessings on the Antis household. Um, yes. Protection and and just huge blessings. I ask for protection not only around him and his family, his extended family, for Clay, his, his family, his extended family, his team, their teams, their extended teams, Lord. Just bless everyone that speaks at this conference, Lord. I ask specifically right now that the refreshing spirit comes over Aaron right now, the Holy Spirit, and it is just that we talk about in Acts 3.20, that times of refreshing just comes over him and he gets a beautiful night's sleep tonight and wakes up with the joy of the Lord tomorrow. Um, like, like, like he hasn't felt in quite a while, Lord. Just allow him to feel your love and refresh him and put him back on the battlefield where you need him, Lord. Thank you for that. And by the power of Jesus' name, the name above all names, and by the blood that he shed for us, by that power and authority of his blood, his name, we call down any spirit that's trying to come against this tour, come against Donald Trump, come against this country, come against any patriots worldwide, coming against freedom and liberty. We call those spirits to be removed by the name of Jesus. We call those spirits to be completely gone. We call down this propaganda media of across the nations, Lord tie their tongues allow them to to only be able to speak truth or they get removed from their positions usher in your remnant lord in all seven mountains of culture and influence and we thank you lord for the mighty angels of all ranks and divisions that are coming to make all these prayers come true and that even the lion of judah for his judgment thank you lord thank you for this man of aaron antis and his family use them in a mighty way more than they can ask or imagine allow them to be amplify uh, the not only Clay's voice and everybody that's speaking, but also Aaron's specific voice, Lord. Um, use him in a way um, that, that he would really love to with these paintings. We pray for those, those paintings get amplified in an amazing way with the story that's behind them. Lord, we love, we love you, and we say these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you. Amen. We just appreciate Amen. you so much, Aaron. <laughs> Um, yes. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, and I know we went uh, quite quite a while on there. We're going to, to those of you backstage or those of you who want to join the Bible study. Guess who's going to get in the Bible study? So make sure you get backstage with your backstage pass. And uh, with that, we're going to say goodbye to uh, everyone on Facebook and Rumble and uh, Aaron and, and go backstage. If you have a backstage pass, get back there. Remember that backstage pass is free. Blessedteach.com. That went. We went to a pay forward model completely. Blessedteach.com slash backstage. Blessed with the number two teach.com backstage. And remember to go to shawholmes.com slash paintings. Get yourself one of those 12 paintings or get all 12. <laughs> it's going to be exciting. But Aaron, uh, any last words before we uh, say goodbye? Uh, I'm just so blessed to be here. Just honored to come on your show. And I look forward to teaching on Mary soon. So yes. yeah. you guys yes. all again soon. And uh, Thank if you, you're ever you. awake, come and say hi to me. I'm always on the side of the stage wearing the American flag jacket. Always come say hi to me. Okay, guys? Yes. Thank God bless you. We'll see you in Miami. Thank you. All right. my brother. Shalom. All right. Hey, we're going to end that now, but I wanted to make sure you guys kept faith and not fear, faith and not sight, live that way. It's going to be an exciting time period. Don't come down. Don't, don't be down on it. And join us backstage if you can. God bless you. We'll talk to you tomorrow night where we'll be doing praise and prayer afterwards 
with some new songs. Again, so praise and prayer will be after the show um, tomorrow night. And then Friday night, we'll have word and worship. God bless you guys. And we'll talk to you soon. Come on.